Hey everyone, welcome back to Crunchline Podcast. I'm Mikey and I'm joined by my co-host Sam today. Today we have a very special episode planned for you. Please welcome to the show Minnesota Vikings starting kicker Greg Joseph. Greg, thank you so much for joining us today. How are you doing? I'm good and uh, thank you for having me. I appreciate uh, you guys bringing me on and excited to be here. Of course, man. We're just going to jump right into it right now. I mean, what does a typical offseason look like for you right now? Have you been relaxing a little bit or are you just always on the grind? Yeah, since, you know, we just got done, you know, a little over a week ago now, it's definitely, definitely you need some time to relax, recover, um, you know, just mentally, it's so important to relax. And then, yeah, a couple more days now, and then I'll get back into, you know, back into the gym. And, um, you know, a lot of guys right now just travel and just take their mind off football, because as you know, uh, season's pretty strenuous. Man, I completely understand. Uh, you guys had a very young team this year, but definitely a lot of talent. I'd say the future is pretty bright. So what would you say some goals are for yourself and obviously the team going forward? Yeah, my goal is just to keep getting better, to help the team in any which way I can. Um, but, you know, our as a team, we were close in a lot of games this year. So I know our, the goal is to win as many games as possible. You know, we have talent in the soccer room. We have an awesome locker room. So many great guys in there. So. I know I am, and I'm, I'm sure a bunch of the other guys are just itching to get back to work already and, uh, you know, excited for next season. Definitely, you guys played a lot of close games this year. I think there was a statistic that it was like 12 straight games decided by one score or less. But anyway, you guys have a lot to be proud of, a lot lot going forward. And now we're going to backtrack. You were born in Johannesburg, South Africa, moved to West Boca Raton in Florida when you were only seven. Do you have any memories of your time in South Africa, and have you gone back to visit? Yeah, I've been back once when I was younger, um, so I haven't been back in a while. but. Yeah, I have a lot of memories, you know, growing up there, my house, my grandparents' house, the soccer field they used to play at, school, stuff like that. So nothing too major, but um, yeah, the foundations of my life, I definitely remember. And, uh, you know, still have a half-sister over there and some friends that we that I keep in touch with. But uh, yeah, for the most part now, my family, uh, home base is South Florida. Matt, I think that's kind of crazy. Like, I feel like there's just like two completely different cultures, obviously, moving from Africa and then obviously to Florida. So obviously mm -hmm. you were pretty young when you made the move, but what was that like? Like what was the change in lifestyle and how'd you adapt to like a completely different dynamic? Yeah, there's definitely a big changes. I just think, cause I was so young and malleable, you know, I kind of just went with the flow. Obviously my whole family was here and there's actually a pretty decent South African community in you know, in South Florida. So, you know, my parents had friends, uh, my cousins were all here. So we had friends and family here already. So that definitely made the assimilation easier, but yeah, definitely um, different culture, you know, differences in layout of the land, um, you know, all that stuff. But as a kid, you just kind of go with the flow, as you guys know. Yeah, I mean, South Africa is definitely fascinating. I was actually there two years ago with my family on vacation. Just an awesome place for sure. Oh, very cool. Were you guys in Joburg yeah. or Cape Town? We were in Joburg and Cape Town. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Can't beat the beaches down there. Yeah, for sure. And then you were a five-year player with Florida Atlantic University. You walked on, redshirted your freshman year, and you went on to have a very successful career there. So what were some of the keys for you to find success at the collegiate level, and what advice would you give to someone who's redshirting right now? Yeah, so it was tough for me because, you know, not playing that first year. So I wasn't even on the team that first year. Um, I walked on and then actually got cut. So then I just had to bust my butt, you know. So that's my message right there is I did nothing but – you know, I could have chose to live the normal college life, you know, go out, party, um, you know, stay up late, sleep in late, et cetera. But I just wanted to put my head down and work. You know, I knew I had this ambition to be great at something, you know, at, uh, at kicking and I just wasn't going to let anything stop me. So 
if you know deep down inside and you just got to chase it and go for it. And that was kind of my, you know, what I learned there. And it was a blessing in disguise because I got a lot better that year, a lot stronger, um, you know, than tried out for the team. And from that point on, didn't miss a rep on a field goal or kickoff or anything. So definitely something I'm proud of, but awesome journey, you know, um, and FAU, I had a great time, you know, made me who I am today. I mean, I absolutely love that story. I find it very interesting, very unorthodox. I feel like a big time kickers probably like went into their college program, like very like highly recruited, uh, like from multiple schools. I find that awesome that like you originally didn't make the team. I actually didn't know that. Like, what was the coach's message to you though? Like the first time around when he said like, I'm sorry, like we don't have a spot for you. Like, did you think there was a hope like going forward or like, were you kind of ready to like hang up the cleats? Yeah, no, it was too new. So I only started kicking um, senior year of high school. So at that point, you know, I was about a year and a half or whatever, or or whatever in. So I wasn't gonna let that stop me um, at all. You know, it's still, I still knew I had so much room to grow. Um, you know, I knew I wasn't even close to my ceiling. So it was just, all right, back to the drawing, drawing board, you know, and then that coaching staff actually ended up getting a release at the end of the year. It's like, it was kind of a clean slate at the end of the year. And, uh, you know, went in with the new coaching staff, tried out and linked and now I'm here. I mean, I read somewhere that, you know, soccer was your original sport and you, you made the transition to football. Why did you choose to make that decision? And also, since you were so new to it, like what made you want to play in college for football? So I think the so the, the real reason is I just I knew I wanted to get a scholarship because I didn't want to put the burden of college on my parents. And in soccer, you know, I was talking to a couple schools and it's a lot harder to get, you know, full scholarship football there's way more of an opportunity in this country um you know in this you can go play college soccer but then your opportunity to go pro isn't that great so for football i you know i knew i could hopefully pay for school and then have a chance at the nfl um, but my first goal was to pay for college and uh and you know another reason that i just got tired of running in soccer but uh it is my soccer is my first love you know i still i'm a huge man united fan i watch every game i play with my buddies as much as i can um yeah, it was definitely my first love, but it was just a business decision at that point. And football was new and exciting to me. So, you know, you know how it, when something's new like that, uh, you you want to follow it and chase it. And that's exactly what I did. Seems like you made the right choice, because obviously now, I mean, there aren't too many kickers in the NFL that I'd take over you, if any. And like leading up to the NFL draft, you did have a lot of success at FAU. But like the reality of the situation is there are only 32 teams and most mm -hmm. of the teams only have like one spot or a second maybe for a practice player. So what, what did your preparation look like for the NFL draft and kind of what were your expectations leading, leading up to it? Yeah, so my my mindset was, all right, I've come this far. You know, I was having some interest, so why stop now? You know, who's going to stop me now? So I got a lot better from the end of my senior year up until pro day, um, you know, and I was just working with a coach. Um, you know, I was working with, you know, a guy, Justin Medlock, who's one of the smartest kicking minds I know. And, um, you know, and I was working with Jamie Cole and like Tony, guys like Tony Bajay. I know I'm just dropping names that you guys might not know, but guys that have influenced me and molded me as a kicker, you know, and as a person. So that's what it looks like, you know, just training my butt off, you know, helping out at camps, doing whatever I could to get in front of the right people um, so that hopefully they could pass you on to NFL, you know, NFL scouts. And that's kind of what happened. For sure. And then in this next part of your NFL jersey, I mean, you made your first field goal with the Cleveland Browns in 2018. So what was that feeling like to step on an NFL field, see the ball go through that goalpost? Did it hit you at first that you had made it or did it take a little while for, for the moment to sink in? Yeah, no, it happened fast. So, you know, it was it was the end of the first half. So um, 
you know, I didn't know if I was going to get an opportunity to, to end the half, but then we did. And um, what was really cool then was the team aspect of, you know, that was the Browns' first win in a long time. Um, so that that was uh, that Thursday night game against the Jets. So that was an awesome night, you know, awesome to see the fans rejoicing and just awesome to be in that locker room because the guys deserve that win um, big time. So that was cool. But, yeah, it didn't hit me until afterwards, and I didn't even do anything crazy afterwards. You know, my mom and brothers were in town, so we just all hung out and went back to the hotel. But then later on it hit me like, dang, you know, that, that really just happened. This was definitely not part of the script, but I, I, I feel bad and I definitely regret it if I didn't ask. You did have a quick stunt with the Buccaneers, which meant that you were around the greatest football player of all time, in my opinion. I mean, just walk us through, like, did you have any encounters with Tom and mm -hmm. like what kind of guy was he? And did like was he like a fun guy to be around in practice yeah. or was he kind of like a Michael Jordan, like pushing his teammates all the time to be the best versions of himself? I think he had the perfect mix, you know, so obviously being a kicker, you're not around the quarterbacks too much in practice, um, you know, because we handle our business, you know, on the side and then you'll have a team period or so. But what I think it impresses me the most about Tom is so I agree with you. Tom is the greatest of all time, period, point blank. But as great of an athlete he is, he's a better person. And that goes bounds in saying that because he's he's to me, he's the best of all time. So, and I, you know, I just think that's the biggest compliment I can give him. And to me, being a, be being a better person means more than being a better athlete. And I think Tom understands that too. And so that's the kind of guy he is. And obviously he's a great athlete, great teammate, great competitor, but the person he is too, he'll take the time for any single person in that building to do whatever he can for him. 100%. I mean, so many little kids across the country look up to Tom Brady whether they're fans of him or not. So obviously a big time player and even a better person. And then awesome. I'm just going to touch on this season. You had your breakout season this past season with the Vikings consistent, great completion rates over all 17 games. What do you credit your success this season to and how are you looking to build upon the success in the future since you are still very young? Yeah. So I think I, uh, it was exciting for me to see the culmination of, you know, hard work come together, but I'm excited because I know I haven't reached my ceiling yet. You know, I was talking about earlier, um, I haven't reached it yet. I'm excited to keep working and getting better and better and better because, uh, you know, I'm, I'm proud of myself for this season, but by no means am I satisfied, you know, and I'm, I'm excited for the next, I'm ex ready to get back to work, um, and just be better for next year to help put the Vikings in position to win. So yeah, it's just, I was, you know, a lot of hard work went into it, um, a lot more than people know. And that's what excites me for the future because now I'm just gonna, you know, try to put it into another gear. I mean, man, absolutely. And then you were very, very good this year. Someone that I had to add in my fantasy football league at the beginning of the year, me and Mikey were talking about it. Uh, I think I streamed you because that's the go-to strategy for kickers. But then I just had to keep you the rest of the year because you were pretty lights out. Like, did, what you win, your, did you win your league? I did win my league. I was like, you, JT, uh, Eckler. Yeah, yeah I'll, send you, I'll send you my Venmo for whenever you want to send me the 20%. Dude, of course. I'll, I'll, right after this podcast, I'll give you your share. But uh, what has your experience been with for fantasy football? Do you play yourself? And uh, like, how cool is it for people to tell you that they have you on their teams? Yeah, so it's a, it's pretty cool, you know, at first. But then when um, people are texting you during the week, like, hey, man, I got you on my fantasy. Don't mess up. I'm like, all right, like, come on. This is, this is bigger than fantasy football. Like, relax, you know? So sometimes there's, I think it's a double-edged sword. I think it's fun. Um, and, I, you know, I do play in a fun little league with, uh, you know, my old college specialist. It's just a tradition we've had going where it's just light, easy. You know, we all make fun of each other. You know how it is. But um, 
yeah, I think it's a double-edged sword on having fun with it and then people getting a bit, putting a bit too much on it when it's actual, you know, it's our livelihood and it's our lives and it's more than fantasy football to some of us. And I don't think people realize that all the time. Yeah, for sure. We're going to talk a little bit about specific moments this season. I mean, you had some great game winners against the Lions and the Packers. They're both big divisional games, a lot of energy involved. What is it feeling like to hit a game winner? And if you don't mind, can you take us through one of those moments in either of the games and just explain what that experience was like? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's unmatched, you know, to kind of to go through that, especially against divisional opponents. Um, I mean, I remember both clear as day and – so the Lions was a left hash 54 and I, you know, I remember just going through my routine. So that's the thing. Once I step on the field, I'm kind of, I'm not here. I'm not here. I'm right in the middle. And I just go through my routine. And so everything stays the same, whether it's a PAT, whether it's a 20 yard field goal or a 54 yard field goal. So I was just in my routine. I was like, Hey, I mean, all you got to do is what you do and you'll make this kick, you know? So there's, there's no real magic to it for me, whether it's a game winner or a first quarter field goal but being swarmed by your teammates and helping propel the team to victory is, is unmatched. And then same with the Packers, you know, cause the Packers have had an amazing year. So to be able to grab a win over them, um, you know, it's pretty, pretty special. And it means a lot to all of us in the locker room because of, because of that rivalry. And, you know, they've been good for a long time and Aaron Rodgers is one of the best. I mean, that's awesome. And after the game, I'm sure there's like crazy celebrations in the locker room did like, the coaches give you the game ball or how does that kind of thing work after like such a crazy win like that? Yeah. Yeah. They'll give out game balls, you know, to whoever had a, uh, you know, whoever had good games, I was fortunate enough to, to get a game ball. Um, you know, coach Zim gave me one after both those games and yeah, it's just your know, memories that will last a lifetime because it, uh, it's rare, you know, it's rare to be able to a make it to the NFL. And then it is, it's very hard as you guys can figure to win games in the NFL. So then to be able to have those moments and share them with, you know, teammates that you go through everything with, obviously more so them with each other than, you know, with the kickers, but to be able to go through that, it's a, uh, it's pretty special, you know, so it's something I'll remember for a lifetime and don't take for granted one bit. I mean, that just sounds incredible. We all watch them on TV, but to actually be a part of that moment, making the kick must be amazing. And then speaking of some teammates, you've obviously played with a lot of really talented teammates in your young career so far. Who have been some of your favorites? Just great locker room guys, guys you love to hang out with. Who are just some of your favorites? Oh, I mean, I've been been blessed on this journey to have, you know, some great ones. Um, you know, this past year, my holder and uh, snapper, we, we got along great. You know, so that's, that's Barry and DePaula. Um, awesome group. I'm still really close with my uh, holder and punter from my rookie year, uh, Britton, you know, Colquitt, awesome guy, close with his family. I love him. We're, you know, we're, we're exactly the same, so we get along great. And then I mean, last year, um, you know, the guys in Tampa, I got really close with them. I still talk to them. Uh, Suck Up is an awesome mentor for me and an awesome friend. And even in Tennessee, you know, like Brett Kern took me in, took care of me while I was there because, uh, you know, I was just got there towards the end of the year. And so I've been blessed to, you know, have awesome, awesome people along this journey thus far. And there's a lot that I'm I'm missing out on. But uh, that's just, the you know, the first ones that came to mind right away on, um, you know, who's really helped me and been special to me. And, you know, like you said, in my in my career thus far. And then something really interesting about you is you're Jewish. I'm also Jewish. And I, I find it really awesome that you get to represent uh, such a unique group of people every single weekend. Because as we know, there aren't too many Jewish people in the NFL. And you've talked heavily about how much it's meant to you to be Jewish and how it's guided you. How has that kind of 
uh, religious aspect guided you both on and off the field throughout your life? I think what's the biggest for me is the the foundation that it's given me, you know, to kind of guide me as a man and then the support system. Um, Cause anywhere I've gone in the country, um, there's been someone that's reached out, you know, offering me a home cooked meal or somewhere to go on Shabbat dinner or, you know, somewhere to be for the holidays. So that support system is, is unmatched. And I think that's the biggest takeaways I've had from it, you know, as well as just uh, my, I'm religious in my own way, you know, my connection to God in my own ways is that, you know, that's what keeps me going. And um, so I think those are the, the biggest aspects I take from it. And I mean, it's awesome to see that number growing, you know, and more and more people, um, more and more Jews making the NFL. And, uh, you know, so I've met a couple and we bond over it and it's awesome. It's an instant connection. That's a really special connection. One of the things I find very interesting about the NFL and about professional sports in general is, is all the traveling that you guys have to do. You mentioned, you know, where you're all around, people supporting you. What is it like to be far from home for a long amount of time, but then to also come back for those home games? Like, how do you balance all of that? And how are you able to kind of sustain a little bit in one place? Yeah, it's just, um, it's just something you get used to, you know, or at least I got used to it. Um, I've always had like a traveler's mindset and I want to see places and go as many places as possible. So it doesn't bother me that much. Um, of course, you know, it sucks not to see your family, but as far as where I'm at, doesn't, doesn't bother me that much. Um, I'll just always come back to Florida because it's, it's warm here. <laughs> and I'm sure you're in the airport like a ton throughout the season. I mean, you have mm-hmm. what, eight, eight or nine away games preseason. Like what's your go-to airport snack? Or like, how does that kind of work when you're in the NFL? Cause I mean, I have no idea if you guys get like stuff brought to you or you just kind of go through like the normal, like fast food system in the airport every week. Yeah, no. So we actually don't go inside the airport. Um, when we travel, we have a, there's charter buses that'll pick us up and they just, you pull up right next to the plane and then you get up, you go up on the plane, uh, on some ladders and then there'll be food on the plane, you know, food and, you know, drinks, uh, obviously, you know, water, Gatorade, like stuff like that. Um, so yeah, but we don't go through the physical airport um, for the most part when you're traveling to two to away games. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that sounds like a very interesting experience. And obviously you guys are in the NFL. And then one of the main things about this season that made it so special, obviously the 17 games is different, expanded playoffs. But I think for me, one of the things that stood out is just the return of fans, full capacity stadiums just packed. What was the difference like this season? And were you players just feeding off that energy? Did you guys miss it from the year before? Definitely. You know, so you saw as the year went on the year before, you know, when fans started to fill the stadiums, players were feeling that. And now it's so awesome that the fans are able to pack out stadiums again, you know, as long as they're in a safe, you know, everyone's safe and sound. And then it's it's awesome because that brings the true passion and the fans are the, you know, they bring the atmosphere. You know, fans are more important than you guys know. And that's that's why that's the reason why teams have home field advantages it's not because of us it's because of them I mean man I love that especially as a kicker like it must be awesome you know when you have thousands of Vikings fans behind you every single time you take a kick and then the last question is one we ask all the people we were fortunate enough to speak with but I think this kind of applies to you because of how unique your story is so when football is over what kind of legacy do you want to leave and uh what do you want people to remember you for Man, so I've, I've thought about that, and I all I want people to remember me for is being a better person, you know, than putting that above all. Um, as far as, like, a legacy goes, like, I'm busting my butt, and I want to be great, but at the end of the day, I want to be remembered as a person that 
you know, never hesitated to help other people, period. Um, you know, I'll always put that ahead of everything else and just, you know, family man, uh, honest guy, stuff like that. But uh, it's it's more important for me to be a better person than athlete at this point in my life. And um, I hope I've become a great athlete, you know, so that's just that's just where I where I stand on that. But always looking to, you know, help people out, always looking to better myself, always looking to learn. And um, yeah, just want to re be remembered as, you know, good guy, did everything right and made a lot of field goals on the way there. For sure. I mean, we wish you the best of luck in the rest of your career, obviously. And we're just going to jump into one quick segment we've been doing recently. It's called um, Time Crunch because we're called Crunch Time. So okay. we named it Time Crunch. It's just this um, the short segment we do, just rapid fire, this or that questions, and we'll just list them off. Sam, if you want to get that started. Would you yeah. rather hit a six-yard game-winning field goal or score a game-winning touchdown on a trick play? Six-yard field goal. Who's your GOAT kicker, Justin Tucker or Adam Vinatieri? Tucker. Would you rather play the Bears or the Lions? Are we talking home or away here? <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll go away on this one. Lions. All right, so we're going to jump to NBA teams. You're from Florida. You play Minnesota. Who do you like more, the Miami Heat or the Minnesota Timberwolves? Not too big of a basketball fan, but, um, you know, respect Dwayne Wade and uh, been to a couple of Heat games, so I'll go Heat. Respect. Would you rather wear purple or white on game day? Uh, white. Who has a better style, Justin Jefferson or Dalvin Cook? Let's go Jets. Respect. Who do you think is funnier, Will Farrell or Kevin Hart? Kevin Hart. Chick-fil-A or Popeyes? Oof. Never had Popeyes, so I'll have to go Chick-fil-A. Yeah, I mean, it's the best. that's the only choice. Beach vacation or yeah. mountain vacation? Beach vacation all day. What's more fun as a kicker, snow game or a rainy game? Neither. <laughs> um, snow game. Who's your Vikings greatest of all time? Adrian Peterson or Randy Moss? Ooh. <laughs> Love to hear. Man, thank you so much for joining us today. It was actually awesome to speak thank with you. Thank you. I'll, no, Venmo, I'll Venmo you whatever you want after the episode. <laughs> and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Yeah, no, absolutely. I appreciate you guys having me on. Appreciate your time.